Welcome to the Unfiltered Motherhood Podcast with Jamie McLaughlin, where we dive into real-life topics about motherhood, unfiltered, unrestricted, and straight to the point. All right, guys. I don't even know what episode we're on, but welcome back to the Unfiltered Motherhood Podcast with Megan and Jamie. Hello. Um, okay, so we are back in action. We haven't posted for a couple weeks. It's been a little busy on both of our ends, and um, we both just have had lots going on and lots of changes. And if you hear things in the background, it's because we just got our new jewelry line in and I'm assembling it all and like putting it together and putting it on our earring cards. <laughs> Cause my ADD booty can't just do one thing. But also that is what small business ownership just looks like. If you're not multitasking, you're wasting time. Actually. Yes. So today's episode, we both have been, we've had multiple little meetings and phone calls and lunch dates um, not even for planning, but just like to get together because we love each other, but because like we just needed support and to chat through lots of big decisions and changes that we both have gone through the past couple weeks. Um, so that is what our episode is going to be on today. We're going to talk about changes and I'm very excited about this episode because the amount of change that you and I have both gone through over the past like month is cray cray. I'm going to really try not to like bust out into like changes and start singing that to everybody. You should. I thought you were going to say bust out in tears. I thought you were going to be emotional today. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. (laughs) I know, right? Okay. I I don't plan to cry today, but you you know what? Let's not, let's keep all our options on the table because you just, Never know. We just don't know, you know? I mean, I don't think I'll get emotional today because I just feel so excited. I know you can only see the excitement on half my face right now. <laughs> I would say you're up to 70% post-Bell's palsy. Post-Bell's palsy a year later. And we are, I would say about 70% back. And I'm like still like 90% frustrated, but that's okay. It's it's can't. definitely a me thing for oh, sure. I cannot. Huh? I can't believe it's been so long. It's been so long. And I will say it's definitely affected my personality. I would say it's affected like my mental health. It's, I mean, this is totally off topic. It's affected like who I talk to and how I talk to them and how I engage with people. So I did a big tart event um, this week. Um, and I knew quite a few of the ladies that were there. Um, just kind of, I used to be in the the blogger world. Um and I know a few of them just from like being in the online world, but um, I was chatting with the founder of Tart, and it's just, it was hard because normally I would be like super engaged in the conversation and eye contact all the time and very animated. And I just noticed that I wasn't as interested in the conversation, not because I wasn't interested in it, but because I was like trying to hide my face and didn't feel like I could actually show up as myself, which was like really frustrating. So and I, no one really cares. It's definitely just a me thing. It's not like anyone would ever say anything, but. Well, we care because the people who love you care because we want you to be happy. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it is very on topic today because 
some changes, and we're going to talk about like planned changes and knowing when to move out of one season of your life and into another. But there are times where we don't get to decide. And one day you just wake up and half of your face is paralyzed. And that is a major life change. We meet like some, some changes are very premeditated and some are spontaneous. Some we have no control over. Yeah. And I have felt Look at me trying to make a smooth segue here. I felt that moms in particular cope with more change than anybody. Um, One, we don't have a choice. It's like the whole first year of having a baby is you're like, oh, I've got our, I've got our system down and we've got our sleep schedule. And then the next day your child's like, (laughs) do you, (laughs) do you really? (laughs) Because I just decided I was going to learn how to crawl and now I'm never sleeping again. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yes, we do. We have to deal with change a lot very quickly without, we just have to get on with it. And I think a lot of us don't, I know personally, and we can, you know, chat a little bit about the major changes that have been going on in our lives. I mean, we have have to. We have to, I have personally put off this change that I have entered into. I'm making it sound like menopause. Like I've entered into the change. (laughs) Okay. Let's just preface. Let's start. So Megan, I would love for you to give us a little bit of background and what big change just happened. Just go through and tell everyone the change so that they have some context. So as you're kind of talking about it, they know exactly what you're talking about. What a great idea. All right. So if you maybe didn't hear the first couple of episodes or you don't follow me on social, I have owned an apparel and accessories business for 10 years, Willow Crowns. And I started this business when my oldest daughter was 10 months old. And it is something that I have absolutely loved. It has grown. We at one point had 20 stay-at-home moms working for us. And that has really kind of been the ethos of the brand is giving stay-at-home moms a creative outlet, whether they're making products for us or they are doing our marketing or what have you, but also to give them an opportunity to financially contribute to their families while still being able to stay home with their kids. So that's my, that's been my business in a nutshell. And really over the past year, my heart has just not been in it. And things have changed at home. My kids are getting older. I've been through some really significant life changes. I talked a little bit on Instagram earlier this week about how losing my grandmother this year with whom I was very close really just kind of made me stop and like take a look at my life and think, what am I doing? But I didn't want to affect anybody else. Yeah. And So the feeling just kind of grew and simmered for I say when you say affect anyone else, you're meaning the people that worked for you. For me. Yeah. Even though I felt pretty confident that this would be a change that would be better for my family. And I wanted to have more time with my kids. I was tired of never sleeping at night. Yeah. I never I never sleep because I'm worrying about the business or I am thinking about it, even if I'm not worrying. And and, and right. honestly, like 
for 10 years, my heart just was not in it anymore. And so through a lot of conversations with my husband, with you, my other friends, my counselor, mm-hmm. um, he made the decision to either close the business down if nobody wanted to buy it or sell it to someone. And so I did sell it to my operations manager, Jen, who has been with me for six years and she's going to be taking over on the first of the year. And when I tell you it was a really emotional decision to come to, it was, but also now that it's done and I've had the conversations and we've announced everything, I have been happier and felt more at peace. Yeah. The relief is. I I can remember in, in recent memory. It's been amazing. Yeah. So, and I think, I think one of the hard things is when, you know, kind of like what you were saying as moms, like we have to get used to change. And I think we are very, we're obviously designed to be nurturers. We're designed to take care of other people and consider other people and think about other people and always make sure everyone is okay. And that's just kind of the way that we're wired. And so it's very hard as a leader or as a business owner to kind of go against our nature and make a decision that, um, we are kind of conditioned or like have conditioned or brainwashed ourselves to think is selfish or it's not considering other people and it's going to quote unquote negatively impact other people. Um, You know, and I've been in that same position a few times with different levels of the business that I've been in, which I'll kind of go in later, but it's really hard to kind of go against our nature of making sure everyone is taken care of to make a decision that we know is right. And even though in our gut, we know it's right. We know it's a choice we have to make. It still doesn't mean that it's an easy decision from the get-go, even though I think we kind of know, like we battle in our heads, like, you know, I have other people, other people are depending on me. I pay other people. Like we, you know, and as my counselor says, we put things in our bucket that of responsibility that don't belong to us by nature. And so, you know, we place other people in our bucket of responsibility and we're like, I am, you know, these are the lies that we tell ourselves or or the things that we start to make ourselves believe is like, I am responsible for their income. I am responsible for putting food on their table. I am responsible for their happiness. I am responsible for, you know, and we put all these things in our bucket that don't belong and then we're completely weighed down and we're not actually taking care of anyone because we're failing everyone because we have too much stuff in our bucket and we just don't see it that way because we're so ingrained to kind of just take care of people. And usually it's like not always the right way. No, I have completely failed myself over the past year. Yeah. And in doing so, how have I failed my family? Right. And you, and you haven't, you haven't, and let's reiterate, you haven't technically failed them, but I'm still here caring for them, but yeah, but it's, you allow a season to go on longer than it should, because you think it's still serving you like it did at one point. And it's very hard to make that switch when a season is no longer present. It's no longer your responsibility. It's no longer something you should be doing. It's no longer serving you. We allow seasons to go on longer than they should. And when I am not taking care of myself, I am not the mom I want to be. I am not the spouse I want to be. And then that precipitates this bigger cycle of feeling like failure. Like, 
oh, I really didn't want to handle that situation that way. Oh, I really wanted to be more present. I really wanted to have more time, whatever it was. And for me, and I bet you can relate to this a lot because you've had to navigate some big business changes in the past. There was a time where I was running my household, taking care of my kids and growing my business. And I freaking loved it. Mm -hmm. It didn't drain me. And people say, how do you do it? And, and it it felt, it felt right. It it felt felt easy. It felt, you know, where I was supposed to be, I was doing the things that I was supposed to do. And so as I got further and further into this year of, to be honest, like depression, it felt like, well, why, why isn't this easy anymore? Why isn't this fun anymore? Why is this, instead of filling me up, why is it sucking the life out of me? Yes. And instead of looking outward and acknowledging that just about everything in my life had changed, my children were older, we had moved cities. I no longer had the business in my home. The economy has changed so dramatically post COVID. Um, I feel like during COVID support for small businesses was that an all time. Oh, yes. yeah. it, was, it was an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, and so I was looking internally and thinking, why, why can't yes. I do this anymore? Well, and, and I think that's what we do is we start like, you know, things are working and they're great for a season and then they start to slowly change. And it's like this slow fade that we don't realize how much things have changed. And then we start looking at us and we're like, what am I doing wrong? Am I not good at this? Why am I failing at this? I'm, you know, and then we have this whole, you know, and then it just snowballs into something that it shouldn't. And it it happens easily and quickly. And then when you go to make the change and this has been the case for me anyway, just speaking for myself, it was a huge period of personal growth for me in a very short period of time, because I found myself having to do things I was really uncomfortable with, have conversations I really didn't want to have and put myself first. Well, you know, um, telling Jen, if you don't decide you want to buy it, which no pressure, uh, it's going to be gone. Yeah. Like either way, I'm done. I'm done. And feeling like I just the act of putting myself first is so uncomfortable. And I bet so many people listening to this will feel like raise their hand and be like, yep. Why is it so hard to put ourselves first and initiate this change in season that, I mean, Jamie, the minute it was done, it was like a hundred pound weight. Oh, oh, I mean, I freaking know. And I've done it and I've been through this, like, like I said, a few different times, but I think, and like, I'm not going to get on a whole self-care and putting ourselves first tangent because that's literally what like the whole, my whole career was about years ago. Um, I literally was a self-care strategist um, and I helped women strategize on how to take care of themselves. And I think the biggest thing is because we always think taking care of ourselves is it's me or them, but it's not, it's like me and them. Like I am helping all of those around me by taking care of myself. And it's not, and I want to kind of clarify with like the whole self-care thing. It's we're not, we're, um, Ooh, I always, I know I, I have a hard time because again, I have a lot of examples, but I'm going to try to be sensitive, uh, taking care of yourself. It looks really differently. And a lot of people who follow this podcast 
um, had my courses that I had. And I really, truly, you guys, like I loved those. I genuinely loved sharing about self-care and motherhood. And I loved having my courses. And I hope one day I can bring everything back in a more sustainable way than I did before. But you, there's a, there's a fine line between taking care of yourself so that you kind of, you know, do the things that you want to do and love the people you want to love and completely abandoning everyone else for the name of like self-love and like self-obsession. Um, and that's not what we're talking about here. Like taking care of yourself. Yes. Obviously is like the fun things and it's like the bubble bath and it's getting your nails done. And like taking care of yourself is also like stewarding your home well and taking care of your family in a certain way and food, like for me, my self-care, right? Which was taking care of my family. But for me, I freaking hate packing lunches every morning. I hate it. And I normally will pack lunches and I'll kind of prep food for the week before. And I haven't been doing it the past few weeks because it's been crazy with all the changes. But this week I laid everyone's lunch boxes out. I packed five meals everyone for each child. So 5, 10, 15, 20, 20 lunches I prepped for the week. Um, and everyone literally just goes in the outside fridge. They grab their lunch for the day and they go. And it's been so great, right? And that's how I have taken care of myself while also taking care of other people is like anticipating what are the things I don't like to do? What are the things that cause stress for me? What are the things that make me miserable? And can I farm them out to someone else? Can I avoid them or can I prepare better so that I'm not stressed in the moment? And that is taking care of yourself because I am considering myself in all of the decisions that I'm making during the week. So, but it is, it it, it goes against, you know, every fiber in our being because we think we are not taking care of other people um, when we are taking care or setting time aside for ourselves. But it definitely is a, you know, it's a, a me and them. Like I'm going to go to the gym so that my body is strong and I feel really good. And I, you know, I love my body and I love my health, but I'm also going to go to the gym because I need the mental time. I need the time away from my kids and I want to be healthy for my kids long-term. And so, um, you know, it's, it is, there's a lot of benefits to making sure that we are taking care of on all different levels. Um, and I am really grateful to see that like our generation prioritizes it. I think we do have to be very careful because I think the younger little, like the generation below us, what, what are they called? We're millennials, right? I'm, I'm for sure a millennial. I think it's like the Gen X. I don't know. The the generation after us, I think, is definitely taking it a step too far. Like I was watching this TikTok this morning, like actually flabbergasted. And this girl was drunk and had got arrested because she was driving the wrong way on oncoming traffic. And the officer pulled her over and he was so sweet. Like he was like, how you doing, sweetheart? Like, you know, whatever. He was just so sweet to her, so kind. He was like, you know, you're driving the wrong way. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's, she's like, I just have social anxiety really bad. And he's like, that's all right. Me too. No worries. Like, you're safe. You're okay. And he's like, you know, have you, you know, have you had anything to drink? And he's just asking her these questions. So kind, right? She's like, yeah, I've had three drinks. And he's like, you know, okay, we'll go and step out of the car. We're just going to chat a little bit. And she's like, I'm just really afraid of police officers. I'm like indigenous or something. Mind you, she looks like a white girl, but whatever. And he's like, it's honey, like you're t- completely fine. Like you're safe. Like you're okay. We're just going to talk. Like, I promise you, you have nothing to fear. Like, do you have any questions that I can answer for you to make you feel more safe? Like, what can I do to help you feel more comfortable? I don't want you to be fearful of me. 
she's like, no, I'm just like, just like my generation, we're just like really afraid of like police officers. And he's like, okay. I mean, the amount of BS that this officer, I would have been like, shut the gut, but whatever. Anyway, he was so sweet. Right. And she goes, I mean, you're really triggering me though, because you keep calling me sweetheart and you keep calling me ma'am. And I am not a ma'am. I identify as what are they called? I can't remember it. I'm the worst. Where oh they identify as both or nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, she was like, I don't identify as that. And he's like, okay, well, I'm just going by what it says on your driver's license, but what would you prefer me to call you? And she's like, Kai, just call me Kai. And he's like, okay, Kai, like I'll do my best. And you know, if it comes out, it's just natural for me, but I'll try my best. Like he was so freaking sweet. And he, this video was so damn long. And she's like, I'm just, I just have really bad anxiety. And he's like, it's okay. Like, so do I. I'm like, oh my God, bitch, you were drunk driving the wrong way. Like somebody. literally arrest her ass and throw her in the car. And I'm like, that is the kind of stuff that like, I can't stand where I'm like, bitch, toughen up, like get real. Like we're not talking about like coddling yourself or not talking about Never taking responsibility or just like having naps all day, every day. We're talking about, I mean, that'd be glorious. Great. We're talking about living your normal life in which you take responsibility for things. You are navigating difficult situations with grace and maturity, but also recognizing when things are not working. Yes. And it falls and it shouldn't fall. We should all in a family be navigating different seasons together. But moms are the ones with their finger on the pulse of a household. Yeah. And if something's off, we know it. Yeah. And I was feeling like me being off was definitely affecting my household. Yes. And needing to fix that and put myself first and wondering what that was going to look like. Would it come across as really selfish to other people? And my husband was so great. He was like, I, the world is so black and white for him. Yeah. I'm a little envious. He's like, who cares what it looks like to other people? You know what it looks like to me and the girls. And that should be the only feedback that matters. Exactly. Right. And, and I feel like it takes effort to get to that point for, especially for a mom or a woman. And it's probably a constant battle. I think it is for sure. And having the right circle around you, but it is a constant battle to, to remind yourself or be reminded of, um, although I don't want to be careless with my decisions, I do have to make sure that I'm being careful with the people and the decisions that matter and who it's actually affecting. Um, and I, that's hard. That's hard for a lot of people. It, I mean, it's, it's something that I have always struggled with. I have been a people pleaser and a yes sayer from the moment I came out of the womb. I just, so that like oldest daughter Mm -hmm. never wants to let anybody down. I, you, every time you talk about putting things in your bucket that don't belong to you, my bucket is chock full of other people's things. (laughs) Like, let me tell you, when you start unloading, when you start unloading your bucket, it is the most beautiful process. It's hard. And I definitely would recommend having a counselor to help you do it. But when you do it, um, it's so crazy because you start to see like, 
I think you, I think one of the things that happened for me is I got really sad for myself that I was so hard on myself and I made everyone else's responsibilities, my responsibility. And then like literally abused my mind and my body for not being able to handle it. That's, I'm so glad you put it that way because that's exactly how I feel. I feel like I spent a year torturing myself. Yep. Being so unkind to myself because I felt like needing this transition meant that I had failed. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I have such a wonderful, supportive community of people like you and my other friend, Stephanie was telling me, I talked a little bit about this on Instagram, but I was like, I don't want to give up. I don't want to quit. And she was like, you need to workshop that language. She said, you're retiring. Mm -hmm. It's a celebration. It's an achievement. She said, it's not as if you're not going to go do something else. Right. You have given this 10 years is a long time. Mm -hmm. You give to something. And she said, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. If you need, it wasn't just like, this is a temporary hard time. This was a little bit existential Mm -hmm. without getting into a lot of the messy details, but it was just, it was a needed change. Mm -hmm. And even with just a week of space in between, you know, announcing and talking to you now, the relief. Yeah. Yeah. The peace that I feel it's like, I have been feeling nudged by God, by my spirit you know, my support system to make this change, mm-hmm. like kicking and screaming mm-hmm. the whole way to the detriment of mm-hmm. exclusively myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now my, I was talking to my mom on the phone and she said, I can't even see your face, but I can hear it. You can hear it. Yeah. You are so at peace. You have, you're so much lighter. And I just, am so grateful for the experience because now the next time I have an, a, a, difficult change to make. I think I'm going to feel a little bit more confident in my ability to recognize that a change needs to be made and to not drag my feet so long on that change. Yeah, for sure. And I will say with making the big decision for me to shut all my courses down, well, I guess it started when I did hair and makeup for so long and I decided to end that part of my career. Um, That was... I dragged my feet for two years. For two years, I was miserable. For two years, I cried every single weekend. For two years, I felt the guilt of leaving my babies. For two years, I felt like I was pushing it. For two years, I didn't sleep. I was miserable. I And finally, it came to the point where I was like, I literally cannot handle this anymore. Like, Not only am I not doing me and my family, I'm doing us a disservice, but these brides that I'm doing, I'm also doing them a disservice because I'm not even joyful. I'm not even happy to be here. I don't want to be here. I'm irritated with them and they're not doing anything wrong. I'm frustrated. I'm mean. And I wasn't mean to my clients, but just like in general, like I would get off the phone and be like, oh God, like that's just not the kind of heart that I want to go into someone's wedding day. And I think it was like my, I was um, about to get, I was pregnant with baby number four. And I was like, I, I, I won't survive another wedding season. I literally can't do this. I'm home with the kids all week, working all week up with babies all night. And then at events all weekend, I didn't have days off for years. 
And I finally hit my point. I didn't even tell my husband. I literally posted online and on my blog that I was done, that I was retiring from doing hair and makeup, and that after my maternity leave, I would no longer be doing hair and makeup. And that's how I told my husband. I literally like sent him the link and was like, well, I retired today. And he was like, um, that is like more than half of our income. Like, what the hell are we going to do? And I was like, I knew that if I talked to him at that season in our life, at that point in our life, he would have been more, he didn't understand the toll that it was taking on me, but he would have been more attached to the income because he's very much like a numbers guy. And for me, I'm like a faith. I'm like, meh, it'll be fine. (laughs) We'll figure it out. (laughs) And he is like, no, the numbers don't add up. And I'm like, it's fine. Math is math, like whatever. And so, you know, he was like, I definitely see that you're done. I wish you would have talked to me about it, but I mean, there's nothing I can do about it now. Like it's done. And then six months later, I ended up, I mean, six months after I had my fourth baby, I ended up launching on my online courses. And then we did really well financially for a while. And so it kind of like, but when I went to end my courses, same thing, it didn't drag on for two years. It definitely dragged on for a long time though. Um, and I kind of like knew that something was off. And I was like making all the adjustments that I could, like adjusting how they access it, adjusting my pricing, like adjusted everything to try to avoid shutting it down. And then it was like, I, same thing. Like I was miserable. I was crying. I hated work. I was so depressed. I was also launching the studio and doing the studio stuff. And that was like a whole nother level of stress. And it's very easy to look at yourself and be like, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm a bad entrepreneur. I'm not good at what I do. I shouldn't be doing this. I am a failure. Like my ADHD is not, you know, it's too much. Like it's not going to let me finish anything. And then it was, I had called my assistant at the time and was literally like sitting at a park sobbing. And like trying to let my kids play and I couldn't even be present because I was so stressed. And I called her as like, I, I, I like, I know I get to these same words every time. And I'm like, I don't think I can survive this. And it's like, once I say it out loud, like I can't survive this any longer than I'm doing it. I say it out loud. I'm like, how did I let it get to this point? Like, what the heck is wrong with me? So hard. And I, and I've been trying to figure out, is it, is it my pride that keeps me because I think there's an element of that, but I, I really don't think that's no. And I feel like with me and you, pride is maybe five percent of it. There always is going to be that element of like, not necessarily like what are people going to think, but like I want to be perceived as successful. I want to be perceived as the CEO. I want to be perceived as a certain way, and it's disappointing to ourselves when we remove ourselves from that position. But I think that's the thing we have to remind ourselves is we are choosing to remove ourselves from that position, and that is being a CEO. And and that decision itself is is not the thing that's perceived and respected. And I think that's our fear is like, we want people to understand the heart behind this decision to give them that understanding for us, but not only to for us, but to also encourage other people too, which I think again, which is why we're coming back to making this a podcast episode is like that part. No, we are, we are because we're seeing a need and we're making that change. And even though it came to us with a cost, and it was hard to make that choice. We still were able to make that and still stay intact, keep our family intact, our mental health intact, our physical, mine-ish. <laughs> but yeah, we're getting there. You know, I, over the past week or two, have had so many conversations with my other small business owning friends who are all also mothers. Mm-hmm. And they're all saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. I am ready for a change. These mm-hmm. past 
years have been so hard. Hard. Really made me take a step back and think, okay, if I'm a bad entrepreneur, then so are all of these other people too. So that's not lining up for me. Right. Could it be, could it be that the world has changed so drastically in the past year, four years that women our age with families, the ages that we have are needing a change. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Being a CEO means you get to make the choice. And we also have to remember, and I love to use this analogy, we're the CEOs of our homes. Mm -hmm. We're always doing two jobs. Mm -hmm. And what job matters more? And for me, it's honest to goodness, not about the logistics. Mm -hmm. I ran that business with kids that were much smaller and much more demanding. I had it in my house and packaged every order myself, which I haven't past couple of years. It's not about the time for me necessarily. It's not about Mm -hmm. logistics. It's your mental health Mm -hmm. and how huge a role that plays in your ability to do your most important job, which is be a mom. Yeah. And I'm grateful that I was able to make the change, but man, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I just killed myself trying to get to the point where I could make the decision. And it just it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, when I was sitting at the park, bawling my eyes out, calling Desiree, my assistant at the time, who's now such a great friend and love her so much as I was like bawling. And I'm like, I just don't know whatever. And she was like, I think you just need to hear that you can have permission to, to shut it down. Um, and that, it served its purpose for a season and it was a huge blessing to so many women, but the trajectory that it's going, it's not, it's not, it's not a, um, blessing for you. It's not a blessing for your family. Um, and if you're going to approach the business, you know, the way that you're feeling right now, you're not in turn going to be, you know, the blessing that you want to be to the rest of your family as well. Um, and so, um, you know, I think that it is, um, I think that it's totally fine to change and understand that it served its purpose during that season. Um, it served its purpose during that season and that season is over and that's okay. And just to be content with that. Um, and so that for me, I, I did need to hear that. And she obviously knew I needed to hear that, that it was like, no, I didn't fail. I didn't fail anyone. Um, and you know, obviously the most important thing were, you know, myself, my kids, whatever. Um, and so that, that was one really big change and I definitely needed that permission too. But then, you know, let's talk about the studio for a second. I had to make a very big decision. Um, when we got the studio, I mean, there's just been a lot of changes, but when we got the studio, it was me and a friend that were opening it together. Um, and you know, we signed the contract and they wanted a five-year and I only did a three-year lease. And I was just like, honestly, I just don't know how you guys are. Thank God. Yes. I was like, I don't know how you guys are as a landlord. I don't know the, and I, I think the way that I run business, I know I will outgrow this in about two years is what I said. I said, so I think by year three, I'll probably need a bigger space anyway. Um, I was like, but you know, I'm willing to do three years. So we did it. And from the moment, not even the moment we signed, I should have just listened to my gut instincts, but I was so blinded by wanting it so bad that I went forward anyway. And just from the beginning, it was just miserable. They were just very, 
bent the rules, went against the rules, very disrespectful on at every turn, didn't follow the contract at all. They were in breach of contract multiple times. We were paying five and $600 a month for CAM, which included like landscaping and insurance and taxes and all this stuff. And none of that stuff was getting done. Like my clients were having to step over like cigarette butts and like, and, and not that like a lot of people really cared because once they came inside, it was like obviously fine. But um, we had the AC go out multiple times. I mean, just, it was like nonstop issues. They, when they did work on the building, they didn't, huh? You couldn't even get a door that worked. Oh, our front door didn't work and they wouldn't fix it. And they, um, I mean, just the list of things that were wrong with it. Um, when I, you know, and if you wanted anything done and when I say anything, I mean the things that they were legally obligated to do, I had to literally hire an attorney and have an attorney send an email and threaten them in order for them to actually do what the lease read. And for two years, I dealt with this. And finally I hit my point where I was like, you know, I literally said those same words. I don't think I can survive one more year with them. I truly do. I can't do it. I am working every day. I'm miserable. I'm not sleeping again. I'm thinking about things. Like I am always up at the studio. The kids are sick of hearing the studio. I'm like reading emails and just fuming on a Friday night because his attorney would send me an email on a Friday night. I mean, like just, just the things that they would do. They were absolute bullies. They were so disrespectful. They were so nasty. I would, they would accidentally, they were a bunch of old white men. They would accidentally send me internal emails of them talking shit about me saying, that they were going to withhold repairs because they didn't like me and because I required too much accountability. I audited them. They were fudging the books. They, I mean, the amount of illegal things that these people were doing. And so I finally was like, I reached out to them and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ask. Reached out, emailed, and I was like, listen, this isn't working. Since the moment I signed, even beforehand, it's been miserable. We don't get along. This is not a good working relationship. I don't like the way you run your business, and it's impeding my ability to run my business. And I can't let that happen. Um, and would you guys be willing to end the lease early? Um, and they wrote back and said yes. And without any, like, nothing. Like, I wasn't going to have to pay anything, whatever. And that sounded a lot smoother than it was because I literally fought with them via attorneys for weeks and weeks and weeks on the dumbest stuff on the planet. Like they had a leak at the water line, they repaired it, but then I got an $1,800 water bill and was required to pay it. And what you had to do in this situation was go against what you wanted to do mm. in order to do what you knew what was, was right yes. for you. Like you would have fought them over that water bill. I will have gone, you know, there's, I just know you, like you're so scrappy. You're such a fighter. Yes. This required you not giving up, but letting go. Letting go. And I'll tell you, like, I still talking about it, feel like a tightness in my chest and my body because it's so infuriating. And I'm an Enneagram eight. And I like we thrive on justice. And I didn't know this until recently, but I'm like every fight that I have always comes down to like, is this right? This isn't right. And I will fight it and I will fight for the people that are like that don't have it in them. And so like I fought for all the other tenants in the building because same thing, like they whatever. Right. And I I did all these things and I finally got to the point. Right be in your bucket. Right. And it got to the point where I'm like, I can't do this. Like, this isn't my job. These aren't my fights. I don't need to do this. 
And I, it took every ounce of humility in my body and not only my own, but I had borrowed a lot of humility from every human I talked to about the situation. And they freely gave it to me to try to help me through it because they know who they know me. They know that I will fight to the death for what's right. And they were like, you gotta, it's, it's okay. Like, you're not going to be the one to teach them a lesson. They've been doing this for 30 years. They're going to continue doing this and it's really difficult, but it's not worth it. And so in the agreement, I had to agree to take responsibility for that, pay it. They they gave me a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars towards the water bill. That that was theirs. Yeah, so I had to face like it is uh, killing you. Like I had to humble myself. And not only that, but they put in the contract that I couldn't sue them after. And so it's very difficult for me, but I signed it and even like the walkthrough and the day after he was still emailing me. And it just was, I'm like, and I think the craziest thing is everyone's like, you know, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I, I'm having to unwind the past two years of waiting for the other fucking shoe to drop. Yeah, I'm literally like, it was always something. My body has been in straight fight or flight mode for definitely longer than two years, but two years for sure of, waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for the next email, waiting for the next attorney's email, waiting for the next fight, waiting for the next pipe to burst, waiting for the next, I mean, non-freaking stop. And it, I just couldn't do it. So I don't think I'm, I think, I don't think I can quite, but I'm still fresh out of the lease, like literally two weeks. And I don't think I can quite believe that I don't have to deal with stuff like that anymore. So my body is very slowly coming out of it. And so the past couple of weeks, I've like reduced my schedule and I've stayed home and I've just spent time cleaning my house and cooking and resting and being really kind to myself and taking naps and processing. And it was a lot like I felt terrible because here my husband and my kids have spent endless nights at the studio, putting furniture together, hanging things up, painting walls, changing locks, moving furniture around for the umpteenth time because I'm a psycho and continued to move furniture until the day we moved out. And my husband has filled more holes. I mean, that's his he does it all the time because I move shit all the time, but like filled more holes and redid more walls and redid more shit. And from working full-time job and then coming to the studio and working another five or six hours and like busting his ass and being in so much pain. And here I am like the guilt that I felt for shutting it down. Like I was like, I'm a failure. I'm an absolute failure. I like, this is like, I am failing my family. I'm failing my husband. I feel so bad. All this work was wasted. And it was just a lot to process. But then now kind of coming out of it, I'm like, no, my husband did for me what I would do for him. Just going to say that. Like I would do that for anyone. I would spend all night with you, Megan, busting out a freaking wall and putting your studio up. Like, I don't give a shit. I'd be like, yeah, girl, like let's do it. And not even blink an eye. And if the next week you were like, I can't do this. I'd be like, let's fucking take that shit down. Like I would not even blink an eye. I'd be like, you do you girl. Like you do what's right for you. And I will be there. And it's hard to be on the receiving end of that when you're the one who's usually giving it. It's so hard. It's so hard. And you're right. I have no trouble giving it. No. And I wouldn't even bat an eye if some, if you were like, I helped you launch this whole thing. And then a month later you were like, I can't do it. I'd be like, don't close that down girl. Bye. (laughs) I don't know why it is so hard for us Mm -hmm. to accept the help. 
Yeah. And to understand that part of having somebody in your life means you're along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And especially as moms, Mm -hmm. when we are not well, I really think the impact of you not being well for those two years had a bigger impact on Stuart and your kids Mm -hmm. had a bigger impact on Ryan and my kids Mm -hmm. than this change is having on them now. Well, yes. When I went to turn the studio and I'm like, you guys, like I have to go turn the keys in. Do you want to go say goodbye to the studio? And they were like, no. And my, (laughs) me and my eight-year-old was like, say bye to it for me. Bye. Like they did, they were done. They did not care. And they felt the impacts of the negative impacts of it. And now moving forward, I'm like, I come home from work and I don't have to do anything. I'm not like deep cleaning a studio and wiping up messes and doing lawn care that I'm paying $500 a month for that's not getting done. And I'm not fighting with anyone. Like, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. This, I don't. Your new space is so beautiful. And like, I saw you in it yesterday and you seemed so light and so happy. And I think, you know, I know we're running low on time. So I guess like my major takeaway from this and what I would encourage anyone who has been considering a big change or is afraid of a change is that what comes out the other side mm-hmm. might be such an upgrade. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you, maybe it's not more money. Maybe it's not a bigger space. Maybe it's not a bigger business. Maybe but it's a smaller one. There'll be something that makes you happier mm-hmm. and allows you to provide better emotional care for your family and I understand that not every mom is in the position where she can just walk away from her job. I want to like get clear. I completely understand that, but I think the lesson can apply to a lot of changes in life in life, whether it's Mm -hmm. maybe cutting out a relationship that is not good for you and has been damaging to you, even if it's with a friend Mm -hmm. Um, or cutting out extracurriculars for your kids because you're literally exhausted from running them around. And I think that I think, between the two of us, the changes that we've made. And and I think too, before I kind of go into that is like a lot of the time, the changes that are praised are taking a bigger job, taking a bigger role, getting a bigger building, taking on more, taking on more. It's like, wow, that is such a, like the outside world that their perception is, wow, you must be successful. Whereas I think that's kind of where we are at, where we're like, oh, does this make me not successful? But again, success is the definition is different for everyone. But for me, like, how about we look at like that person, right? Like for me, I cut my bills down to a third of what I was paying. I improved my mental, physical health. I'm serving my clients better. And no, it's not this whole building that I want and all these different things that I want. And maybe that might come later and maybe it might not. I don't really care at this point. But I think like that should be just as celebrated to step down from a job when it's no longer serving you to step out of a company or sell a company or retire when it's no longer serving you and to make hard choices like that needs to be just as celebrated as taking a bigger role and getting a bigger building is looking at people and saying like, wow, that must have taken like a lot of thought and intention and prayer and conversations and coaching and assistance and therapy and stuff to get to that point where they were able to put their pride aside 
or whatever those feelings were and prioritize the things that are important to them. And that is successful. And that is something that should be respected and appreciated um, just as much as those other things. My husband just got another job and I'm celebrating the crap out of him because that's a huge accomplishment for him. But equally, I'm celebrating the crap out of me for making hard choices that I didn't know were the right one, but now I can feel it. And I'm like, oh my God, like, oh, like I feel it. I'm like, it's so good. Like the light, peaceful feeling that you've had that I see in your face. And when we see each other, I'm feeling it. You saw it in me, my clients, like no one cares. No one cares where I'm tanning them. No one cares where I'm doing their lashes. No one cares where we're hanging out, right? Like everyone they're like, no, we're, we actually come here for you. Like not your building. Like we don't really care. And I'm like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> it's, and Thank I, you. I got nothing to add to it. You're so right. I think celebrate any hard choice mm-hmm. serves you, whether it's taking on more, but especially if it's taking on less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I got. Yeah. Well, that was a good episode and I'm glad we finally talked about it and changes. Don't be afraid to change. You know, change it's good and yeah. hard and it it grows us. Yeah. And allow yourself to process it, obviously. Like, it's not like I don't want that toxic positivity where it's like, just get over it. It's fine. It's great. Like, no, it was hard. Like, we both obviously shared, like, what we emotionally and mentally went through to make that change. But now that we're on the other side, we're like, oh, my gosh, that was such a good choice. Like, I'm so grateful I did that and pushed through those hard feelings. So glad. It's so good. So, all right. Well, cheers to us. I'm proud of you, Megan. I'm proud of me. We did good. We did good. And we're going to go on a girl's trip next, early next year. I don't know where. I don't care where. We're going to sit in a hotel and celebrate each other. Nothing. Do nothing. We're going to eat. And do nothing. Watch movies and sleep and take naps and go to bed early with no shame early. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. I know, but don't wake me up at 5 a.m. Okay. I'll go get you a coffee and bring it back and leave it on your nightstand. I might marry you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, guys, thanks for listening. And Megan, I know I normally link, um, willow crowns but i'll link her other page you can kind of follow her on her own personal page too so i'll make sure that's linked in the show notes 